0: Deepti Nair brings to you a show called Things That Matter in which you can listen and learn what fuels people to do the things they do and much more. Things That Matter This is Deepti Nair and you are listening to Things That Matter. Independence is the flavor of the day and we are asking why it is important to remember the past. Recently, I came across a friend's Facebook post that said, happiest is the person who can forget. While it may be true for the various real and imagined slights we experience daily, I am not entirely sure whether it is such a good idea to forget the past, especially the past that matters. I'll try and put my point across with two examples of people belonging to two different generations, Anusha Yadav and Shivnath Chah who are actively involved in keeping the past alive. Anusha Yadav is a young graphic designer and photographer who graduated from the National Institute of Design, Ahmedabad. She founded the Indian Memory Project in February 2010. It is an online, curated, visual and oral history based archive that traces a personal history of the Indian subcontinent. Applying images, letters and stories from family archives sent and collected from contributors, it reconstructs a visual history that is emotionally rich, vivid, informative and even more surprising than we think. To date she has uploaded 89 such stories along with corresponding pictures that connect us to people, their customs, clothes and thoughts in another era.
1: I was interested in archiving, though I didn't know what to do quite with it. And I'm a photographer and of the firm belief that I think the picture is the central context. The story is always outside the frame. For example, the one of the pictures where the penny really dropped was Balwant Singh G- Goindhi's picture, which is actually shown to me by my brother in law mm-hmm. who said that, you know, he was he was he used to own a whiskey shop in Lahore and he had a rolls and at that time owning a rolls was like owning a jet plane. And, you know, then he came they came away with almost nothing. They moved to Karol Bagh uh, during partition and uh, he spent all his life thinking that he would go back and they never did. And later on, as they say, they heard that the shops and houses were burnt down
0: maybe just, you know, almost killed him with so much grief. There is another touching story of Wakar ul-Naqvi from Pakistan.
1: This is a story which came from Pakistan where he sent his father's photograph, which was a part of actually a certificate. He wanted the world to know that there was something called forced migration. I think right now we don't even consider it, that there was something forced. I think we just think that the country was divided, the Muslims went there, the Hindus came here, and that's it. I think in some cases it may have been as well voluntary, but a lot Of it was thousands and thousands and millions of people. It was all forced. They had to give up their houses, give up their land, give up their jobs, give up some of them leaving families behind. Literally, like that man said, we were plucked and sent away into this journey that we had nothing, we had no idea. It was like the darkest hour of their lives.
0: There is another interesting story that writer Naresh Fernandez has sent that talks about Goans in Pakistan. Who would have thought there were Goans in Pakistan? It says, uh, when we
1: were children, my cousins and I could have been forgiven for thinking that our great uncle's first name was Poor. That was how my grandmother and her sisters referred to the only brother each time he came up in conversation. Ah, poor Bunnu. They'd sigh whenever someone mentioned their Cambridge educated sibling who'd chosen to stay put in Karachi at partition. The somewhat embarrassed tone in which his three sisters talked about him left Bunnu obscured by a whiff of mystery, even scandal.
0: There is a category in the Indian Memory Project on noteworthy journeys. And an interesting story in this category is English love in the time of war. Where
1: uh, this gentleman's parents, actually the picture was taken at the at the top of the Kohath Pass Near tribal territory And he says My mother is wearing a revolver On the back of some of these photographs She has captioned them As the gateway to 30 miles of tribal territory Wartime separation again Is one of one of the categories Where there were couples separated Or families were separated From each other because of war mm-hmm. And the stories on how they Like this is a good example of how a woman will do anything <laughs> To be with her husband <laughs>
0: Anusha plans to do a travelling show with these pictures and wants to broaden the scope of the project to include stories from Nepal, Sri Lanka and other Southeast Asian countries. Anusha also wants to collaborate with schools where they encourage children to ask questions about
1: your family and where you come from just to get a little bit of rooting about who you are, yeah. what your history is and the reason why we are here at all is because somebody in my family did
0: something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right True. or wrong, whatever. Echoing Anusha's concern is veteran journalist Shivnath Cha Shivnath is now on a mission to rehabilitate the descendants of martyrs of 1857 and 1947. He says it is important for children and the youth to know where they come from, to know their past.
2: My idea is to impart education for the school-going children to know about freedom fighters. If in these days, due to changing social fabrics, not a single child knows the names of their grandparents. When they know, they can understand who were martyrs and who are their descendants.
0: Shivnath has till date compiled the stories of 22 descendants of martyrs in his book Forgotten Indian Heroes and Martyrs, Their Neglected Descendants and is now ready with another book that details the lives of 196 revolutionaries who were hanged between 1857 and 1947. With the proceeds of the sale of his books, Shivnath has rehabilitated a number of descendants of martyrs like Udham Singh's grandson, Jeet Singh. Udham Singh avenged the Jalianwala Bagh massacre by assassinating the lieutenant governor of the Punjab, Michael Francis O'Doya. Shivnath traced his grandson, who was working as a labourer in Punjab, and rehabilitated him. He rescued Sultana Begum, a descendant of the last Mughal emperor Bahadur Shah Zafar, from a Hawra tea stall, ensured her financial health and a dignified life. He also went on to rehabilitating the descendants of 1857 hero, Tatya Tope.
2: It took almost seven years to locate 22 such descendants, from Rani Jhasi to Tatya Tope, to Bahadur Sajafar, to Udham Singh, to so many unsung martyrs. We have given a new life to Tatya Tope's Fourth generation, they were begging on the street of Kanpur. Sultana Begum is uh, Bahadur Sajafar's great-granddaughter-in-law. Uh, she is living in a slum in Havra. Jee Singh, she is 58 years old. Living in Punjab, he was a daily wage
0: worker. Contact him if you know someone who must figure in his continuing research to rehabilitate the descendants of martyrs. As Milan Kundera said, a nation which loses awareness of its past gradually loses itself. And perhaps that's the reason we need to see our Independence Day as just not another holiday, but a bridge that connects us to our collective past. This is Deepthi Nair and you're listening to Things That Matter...